Hey Freakwolves, uh, Mike here. Just real quick, addressing the elephant in the room. This is obviously, well, knowing us, most probably not the Truman Show, Rocky Horror Picture Show crossover that was challenged last week. We took a couple weeks off so Madison could get this done properly, uh, watch both movies and really have a, a shot at writing this. And in that time, they started online grad school work, which took up a lot of time as well. So we took an extra week off. Um, luckily, we had this episode in the interim with a guest. It is very good. We're all very proud of it. And I think you guys are really going to like it. I promise next week is the challenge. We have it recorded. I have it 100% edited. It's ready to go. And it is great. So speaking of great episodes, let's get into this one. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, The Ghost of Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? I'm actually in a different form today. I was once a ghost. (laughs) Oh, yeah? All listeners remember I perished during the uh, first Sky Captain episode. (laughs) During the treacherous dynamite (laughs) run. In the dynamite run. Um everyone remembers it and now here we are four episodes later i am the bit still running yep. but i am not a ghost anymore i'm not spectral i have sort of evolved into this ectoplasm goo and i'm resting in this egg <laughs> and i have like arms and legs and i'm just walking around in this ec- i'm just this, like <laughs> pool of ectoplasm <laughs> so I had I had a bit that I was going to follow that with. I was going to ask you more details about the dynamite run, but I think we need to dig into the evolution of ghosts to egg people <laughs> here. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Egg people is an offensive term. It's actually Yolkian. That's true. Speaking of, welcome to Neen. <laughs> Speaking Hello. of egg people. <laughs> I am uh, ambassador from the Yolkian Society. My name is Janine Winfrey from the podcast, Guess What You're Going to Hate. A podcast that we guested on several moons ago ago. to talk about the film Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Uh, And we extended the feathered monster chicken claw friendship (laughs) to Janine to come on this show and pitch a sequel or prequel to the Bazinga Boy movie. And I am ready. It's a fun joke for anyone who listened to that crossover. Uh, and if you haven't, you should, because we will not elaborate on that joke any further. It has something to do with the Big Bang Theory. Hint. God damn it, Madison. <laughs> Actually, young Sheldon to be ex- more specific. Hey, hold on, Janine. Hold on. Madison, over here in the, in the business corner. Yep. I'm in the business corner. Ooh, hey, look, a water cooler. And look, post-its. No, I'm, Madison, I'm rebuking you. We talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about what? We gotta, like, you know, just to, like, don't undermine me in front of the fans. I don't know if I called Janine a fan. I'm, I think she's, like, a co- colleague. I mean the people listening. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Janine is a guest and a colleague. <laughs> Show some respect. Read a book. All right, we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I was just enjoying some waiting music over here in the non-business corner. The party corner, if you will. Yeah. That's called the chill zone. Yeah. You know, it's the chill zone because there's just a dog with sunglasses on. And he's my best friend now. Yeah. So actually, that dog and I are going to host this podcast now. Okay. Okay. Well, We had a good run. That's it for me and Madison. That's a series wrap for us. <laughs> Janine and the chill zone dog are 
the host now. Also, the name of a great morning zoo, Janine and the Chill Zone Dog. <laughs> I think the Chill Zone Dog needs a name. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Janine, what is the Chill Zone Dog's name? I think it's Joe Cool. So do I. I think Joe Cool. I'm kind of looking into its little sun, like its mirrored sunglasses, so really it just shows you your own reflection. I'm looking deep into my own reflection. I'm just getting the vibes, Joe Cool. Okay. Joe Cool. Joe Cool, the Chill Zone Dog. Uh, now forever part of our canvas. Yes. So, Janine, you're here for Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Yes, I am. Uh, we, we talked more in depth about it on your show, but um, what do you, I guess, like thoughts on Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius? <laughs> well, Jimmy Neutron is an Oscar nominated movie, first off, just so everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first year of the Best Animated Feature category, Jimmy Neutron was in the running for the Oscar, and it did not win, but it, it, you have to give this movie credit, even if you don't want to, because the Oscar committee did. So Yeah, yeah. the Oscar that year did go to Shrek. Yes. Of, of course. And I did, actually, you brought this up on your show, I did go find the... Um, video of the where they had jimmy neutron in the audience like animated into the audience (laughs) yep jimmy jimmy neutron can't can't beat the big gross green man (laughs) Mm -hmm. the the snot ogre yeah the the yokian which actually you shouldn't be calling him gross because that's your people so that's true Wait, Shrek listens to this podcast? Oh, I thought you were talking about the Yokians. I thought you were talking about the Yokians, but okay. (laughs) Because I thought you meant in the actual plot, yeah, he couldn't beat the Yokian, which is also, that's a little bit part of my edgy reboot idea for the sequel. Okay. Yeah. I think we can now legally put Shrek listens to our podcast on like our episode arc or cover art. Yeah. I think he definitely does. You know, he's got layers like an onion, so he's multifaceted, a fully realized creation. I, I just imagined uh, Shrek putting an earbud into one of those like off like little shoe ears, <laughs> oh, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Let's move on. <laughs> He's he just beats beats by Dre. <laughs> they get lost in the little tubes. Yeah, just... yeah. <sighs> I We're also not here to talk about Shrek. Bit. We're here to talk about Jimmy Neutron. That's true. Now, Madison, did you like this movie? Uh, Jimmy Neutron or Shrek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Jimmy Neutron. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a fun. It's a fun kids movie. Like it's obviously a movie that is setting up the TV show. Like they had a greater plan Mm -hmm. for Jimmy Neutron, I think clearly. But uh, it's fun. It's all about a kid who is super smart and is made fun of for it, and then he like kind of becomes this hero by accidentally causing their parents to be like kidnapped and then like saving them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Janine, did you like this movie? See, that's such a loaded question. Um, when it comes to movies, especially from the 2000s, I think you kind of have to come up with like a altered sliding scale of if a movie is mm-hmm. good or bad. Because out of the movies I've watched, it's not the worst one. Mm-hmm. But it also ends with a burping gag. That's true. Like, So, I mean, it's very much a kid's movie. And when I was a child and I watched it, I enjoyed it. So let's just put it that way. Fair enough. It may not surprise you to learn that there are people online who did not care for this movie that much. That's right, gang. It's time for another installment no, really? of Daddy's Tomatoes. So our first uh, tomato squishings 
comes from Coxie M, C-O-X-X-I-E, Coxie M, who gave this movie a rating of not interested. And <laughs> fuck, savage. Yeah, I know. That's I. I love that. That's an option of a yeah. rating. Uh, Coxie says, "I hate this asshole so much." <laughs> Ever since he stole my hairstyle, everyone's like, dude, you look like Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> no, I don't, dickface. He looks like me. <laughs> so there's wow. a person in the world named Coxie M who has the same haircut as Jimmy Neutron somehow. And that, that person thinks that whoever like one of the animators were, they saw this person walking on the street and it's like, we're stealing that dude's haircut. Yeah, for basically. Animated Aren't boy. Most popular male haircuts a variation of the Jimmy Neutron haircut now. I guess so. I mean that whole like all on the top short I, on the sides. I have never seen anyone with a haircut like Jimmy Neutron, maybe ever. I... <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a lot of lift. You know, a lot of moose. A lot of moose in there. A lot of sticky stuff in that boy's hair. <laughs> just glue. Yeah. You just, just gotta glue, glue it up. <laughs> I have another review here from Inga H, who gave this movie two stars, and this is very short and sweet. This episode is too long. End of review. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Uh, all right. And this last one, it's a little bit longer. It's, it's a two-parter, but I think it's worth it. It's from Ezra's H. E-Z-R-A-S-H. Three and a half stars. Jimmy Neutron bought genius. I look this movie a lot. It's clever, funny, and makes a TV show that followed this whack. I give Jimmy Neutron, boy genius, five stars. And then underneath that, <laughs> also in all caps, Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. This ride from Universal Studios is a lot of fun. It's more than twice as good as Shrek 4D. It doesn't even beat Men in Black, Alien Attack, or the Simpsons ride, but it's a lot of fun. I give Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast five stars. Are Shrek and Jimmy Neutron animation rivals? I'm convinced. Oh, man. I think they must be, it's like obviously. The sharks and the Jets in West Side Story. <laughs> There's different clans, like there's the Jimmy clan and the Shrek clan. I mean, because as of the, if we go just by the Oscars animation, where they were in the same audience, there were three films whose casts were included in the audience, and that is Jimmy Neutron, Shrek, and Monsters, Inc. It started a blood feud, an animation blood feud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the Monsters, Inc.'s out of the running, like, first off, because they, they went from screaming to laughing in their canon, right? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> they're not interested in fighting. But you know that Shrek is ready to throw down. With a boy. Yeah. <laughs> with a boy. Yes, with a small child. Yeah. He is ready. You heard it here, folks. Shrek will fight a boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually cut out of the Oscars where they, like, digitally put them into the audience. The part where Jimmy turns to Shrek and mouths the words, fuck you. While doing like the <laughs> thumb across his throat. Like a... Yeah. Uh, well, that, I'd watch that. That's the end of the uh, tomatoes. All the tomatoes have been squished. Squished. Yeah. Not that many it's reviews this like week, tomatoes. but quality, not quantity, I feel. Yeah. So for people who have not seen this movie, I think we need a synopsis. And I have one. I'm ready to provide. I actually decided to write it down because if you, any of you listeners out there decide to listen to my trash content podcast, <laughs> I am a rambler. And so I usually let someone else take over the plot rundown. So I decided to keep it concise to the point because I was inspired by, actually, you guys had a really good 
your plot rundown in the Jimmy Neutron episode was like so concise. I was floored. Yeah. So I am ready and I've got it prepared. And whenever you guys are, are going to give me the go ahead, I'll go. I think our audience is surprised to hear you say that our plot rundown was very concise. Oh, man. <laughs> Compared to mine, it was. <laughs> but in our in our show, we typically don't make quick work of this of synopsis. Synopses. <laughs> yeah. Concise isn't isn't a word that describes us. Maybe inspired. <laughs> Maybe in depth. In depth. There you go. All right, Thoughtful. Janine, take it away. Try it. Okay, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius is a 2001 animated film. Jimmy Neutron is well a boy genius. He has a robot dog named Goddard and a lab where he makes all sorts of inventions, such as invisible hamsters or girl eating plants. He launches a communication satellite made out of a toaster, which catches the attention of an alien race known as the Yokians. These aliens then abduct all the adults in his town. After the kids have a day of sugar-fueled fun, they decide that they need to rescue their parents. Jimmy Neutron leads the kids into a space rescue mission. After an epic fight with the alien chicken god Pultra, the kids wrangle their parents into their ship and fly back home. Everyone's happy and drinking burping soda. The end. Wow. Wow. By now Bam. we'd be like up to the toaster satellite. <laughs> yeah. You outconciced us. Yeah, the student has become the master. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, there are a lot of bits that we could go into which make the movie not enjoyable but tolerable. But How dare you? Just listen listen to the guest episode that you guys did on our yes, podcast. Uh, for episode the twelve of Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Yes, called Bazinga Boy. I did my plot rundown, and I'm, I'm ready for my sequel when you guys are. <laughs> Janine, it's time to blast off into... <laughs> you, you gotta blast into gotta the blast. sequel. <laughs> so, I have actually two ideas for a sequel. Ooh. All right? Okay. Here's my first idea and my main idea. Edgy Reboots. What do you guys think about them? Uh, examples of edgy reboots. Well, edgy reboots are so in right now. Like, look at Riverdale okay. and the upcoming <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot. That's true. Yeah. Okay. It's not just for Archie comics. It could also be for terrible 2000 CGI movies and television you know shows. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna leave if you guys are just gonna keep dunking on on this good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so what I am pitching is actually an investigative movie. In the style of the Limetown podcast. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> in Limetown, host Leah Haddock digs into the stories of a town of scientists that disappeared seemingly overnight. In that same vein, you could make an edgy reboot of Jimmy Neutron, which delves into the mess left behind when all the adults in a small town disappeared without a trace. We could pull in the mystery elements of hit movies like Gone Girl. Perhaps the kids all get blamed for the disappearance of their parents mm -hmm. and are then incarcerated on suspicion of murder and okay. they have to work to clear their names. I call this sequel Jimmy Neutron 2 Gone Dad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but Janine, you might protest. In the original movie, the kids all rescue their parents. Yeah, in the original movie, these kids managed to make spaceships out of festival rides. So I don't really care about that. Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius ignored the laws of space. And so I will ignore the original movie if I want to. Okay. It's bold. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're, you're so far the most effusive and... Uh... 
in-your-face guests we've had, I think. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So if the producers aren't hip on this idea of mine, this flawless sequel that I have that could make big bucks, you could also tap into Jimmy Neutron's potential as a fantasy Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. That's- Perhaps... They team up together, and Sheldon is the scully to Jimmy's Mulder. I call it Young Sheldon in Space, which would also probably be pretty profitable. So if you want to be safe and stay away from the true artistic endeavor of Jimmy Neutron 2 Gone Dad, I guess you could do that. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely into the Jimmy Neutron Young Sheldon crossover. <laughs> Coward. I mean, I'm... I think edgy Jimmy Neutron reboot sounds sounds amazing. <laughs> We're at an impasse. So I guess Janine gets to decide. My heart wants to go with Gone Dad because I feel like in this environment that we're in right now in our media with edgy teen reboots played by mid-twenties adults, that could really, I mean, even though like, I guess Jimmy Neutron's supposed to be like 11, so I don't think a 20-year-old could play Jimmy Neutron, we could age him up, bump it up a little bit, make it a gritty reboot, let's do it. I think it could be cool. It could be, I don't want to say sexy, but I'm going to say sexy. I mean, he's 20 now. He could be sexy. (laughs) Yes, he's 20 now. He got, even though he's a boy genius, he was held back because of the, (laughs) his time in jail after being blamed for the disappearance of his parents. So. I'm outvoted. So bye, Bazinga boy. (laughs) But see, the real question is what our budget is. Because if we have the budget for a CGI animation, then I think a CGI animation would suit young Sheldon in space. I think we should get enough of a budget for very good graphics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then we're, we're, that's not Jimmy Neutron. That's not Jimmy Neutron. Then we can't, we can't have a Jimmy Neutron sequel that has good graphics. So uh, honestly, I don't know what to do here. I'm thinking Avatar, uh, not the last airbender, <laughs> the, the, uh, the blue, the, the blue mm-hmm. people movie. Um, with the tails, and Smurfs. That, yeah, that one. That, but Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron yeah. can also have a tail. <laughs> Why not? Hey, and if we did the Avatar style, you could still make it sexy, not with Boy Sheldon, but if we did that with Gone Dad, we could still do that. So, I wow, I don't even know. I'm, <laughs> I'm rocked. I put a lot of thought into my into my sure. into my pitch. I may have been a little too passionate, a little in your face, but that's my style. Hey, it, it, confidence is key. Yeah, no, I. If I took this pitch right now and went to the nearest CW studios, they would be throwing bags of money at well, me. So they'd have to start throwing bags of money at Nickelodeon first, <laughs> because they don't own the rights to Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> but CW does all the like. I think they do most of the reboots. I feel like if once I tell them like the potential of an edgy Jimmy Neutron reboot, money is no object. And Nickelodeon, I don't think they care about Jimmy Neutron anymore. Just get rid of it. Yeah, not yeah. since the last Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. <laughs> God. Uh, all right. So are you going with Gone Dad? Is that what I'm understanding? Gone Dad. Gone Dad is, is my true artistic passion. All right. Hit us with that good Gone Dad plot. Okay, I didn't get this far. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, yeah, I think we should make it. I think you guys should be the cast of, of Gone Wait, Dad. we're the cast of Gone Dad? We're the cast. Yes. <laughs> okay. You guys are exactly the blood our edgy teen reboot needs. 
Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty edgy, so I, I see what you mean. Okay, so in this, in Gone Dad, so the, all of Retroville has been sort of laid to waste with the adults not being there. Like, no one's running the power plants. No one's doing the police, the firehouse, the anything. You know those kids set a few fires up <laughs> ablaze. Uh-huh. And if this is older Jimmy, that means that the parents never came back right mm-hmm. yeah they got lost in space or something or the ship blew up but he made it home <laughs> yeah we got sacrificed to Paltrow. oh they, okay so they didn't even save the parents yeah. in your no, so we're like okay so this isn't really gone. this is our first full reboot not necessarily sequel <laughs> it's an alt reality sequel it's like um uh, i mean that like could work jimmy could get like shunted into an alternate reality where they didn't save the parents and he's the yeah, only one left much. in retroville so he gets arrested for killing everybody in town incarcerated for his crimes he's he's in the bad timeline yeah yes of course he doesn't know that poltra was the demise of his parents but so we can maybe like grapple him with that guilt of not knowing i think that would be good so what is the like the conflict in this movie like what is jimmy up against um, besides this guilt, because uh, we need like a, a con- we need something. I- I'm imagining True Detective, but Jimmy yeah, Neutron in the style of Limetown. He's trying to tell the truth. There is one adult left in Retroville, and that's Mrs. You're Fowler, right. the teacher who you're got right. miniaturized at Show and Tell. I totally forgot, but you're right. You think she's still alive? Probably at this point. Is she still small? Her classroom is like the borrowers like a house like she lives in there she's got all these like contraptions set up to like get around and do stuff i think mrs fowl is the only person left in in retroville i don't know how that helps us with an enemy or a antagonist but i think it's kind of a fine line there because if if this is like years have passed i don't think she'd be very happy about still being miniature Mm -hmm. so she could actually be one of like the primary witnesses in the case against jimmy okay you know that that's a possibility. He says, "Look at this! Look at this small child! What he did to me! Obviously, he disappeared all the parents. He's responsible for these atrocities." Now, in Limetown, she's interviewing like survivors. So, <laughs> I, how does that? How do we get Jimmy solving this crime? In quotes, if basically there's nobody left in town except for the one one well, person who is giving who is willing to give testimony against him. All the children. Oh, they're still here, okay. too? Yeah, the children are all still there. Okay, so in this timeline, they never even left. Yeah, they never left, okay. man. Okay. They just, they, basically, the whole idea of spaceships being made out of festival rides, it didn't happen. Like, gotcha. it was impossible. And for okay. some reason, they didn't just go tell, like, the military complex that was introduced in the beginning of the movie. For some reason in my head, I was thinking that they had, like, all, the kids had gone and just never come back. And so when... <laughs> When Jimmy, like, fell into this alternate universe, he's not, like, the Jimmy Neutron of that universe is gone. And so they're just like, oh, yeah, you're Jimmy Neutron. Done. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I thought that. But in this case, the kids are all there. Yeah. Okay. I have a world-building idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. As long as we're changing stuff, what if instead of all of the adults being taken from Retroville, what if they were all taken from the world? And it's years later. But it's a world where all the kids had to grow up without parents. And so civilization had to revolve around that. Okay. Hmm. I'm interested in that. But also, 
that would kind of ruin the incarceration plot line, but I'm still interested in it because that has a lot of potential, a world that was developed by, it's not really clear if like everybody under the age of 18 survived or just like middle schoolers, like, yeah. so you could really I, delve into that. I think maybe in this world, because Jimmy still gets blamed in this world, so he gets put in jail for like years, I think. Um, to be awaited trial, maybe. Kid court. Kid court. Until um, they can grow up to fit the judge's robes on them. Yeah. Yeah, because arguably, if they, as long as they, if they didn't make the shifts, they could still have figured out that it was Jimmy's dumb satellite. Yeah. That brought sure. everybody here. Like, so. You'd have to imagine the guilt might actually make him, like, confess that it was his satellite. Because he knows he communicated with aliens. But then you have to be like, are people going to believe that aliens took their parents? You know, it's there's a lot of potential here that we could develop. I'm, I'm I really think so. What if it's a frame up? Like, like who who in the first movie presented? Like who figured that out? Or it was the Yokians that 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 like, ratted them, them out. Yeah, that ratted them out. So what if someone just intercepted the satellite? Like one of the kids. And it's framing Jimmy for this happening, but it was really them who contacted the Yokians to capture everyone's parents. Ooh. So that's the mystery. I think it's Nick because that Maybe, dude's a douchebag. You know, Cindy is the like the female foil to Jimmy, and she's also very smart, but she hates Jimmy because he gets all this recognition for being so smart. So what if it was kind of her because not only was she angry at Jimmy because he straight up like gave a girl eating plant to her at one point. Um, she also didn't want the pressure of her parents on her. Yeah. yeah. I think she I think she is definitely a red herring, though, because it's like, oh, she'd be the only one smart enough to do this. And then because I think maybe someone's investigating. Maybe it's Sheen who's like trying to clear his friend's name. And he becomes like an investigator. Jimmy's in prison, um, awaiting trial. He's gonna be put to like death or something. I don't fucking. So know. wait, is Sheen then the main character? I think Sheen. Yeah, it's Detective Sheen, maybe. Ultra Lord Sheen. Oh God. Yeah. But yeah, in this world, yeah. Ultra Lord is like a noir. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like Jessica Jones. Yeah. I'm liking this idea. So, I'm liking this one. I'm still so just so I'm clear. Cindy is the one who talked to the aliens and now she's blaming Jimmy. No, I think we need to build a mystery that like who actually did it. Then like the the actual movie is a series of like investigation, like interviews and stuff uh, where there Sheen is trying to figure out who actually did it. And like, there's only a, a, like one clue in every house, which is all of the houses in the the original movie, received a note which said, Dear son slash daughter, we have gone to Florida on an extended vacation. Love your parents. So maybe he has to make like an exodus to Florida and like see if he can find anything there. But that's also, you know, another just uh, path down the wrong investigative road. There's a lot of like, that's a good potential for like when we talk about the way you build a successful plot and, you know, you have that moment where it seems like all is lost. Like, we could have that, like, him under a, a withering palm tree on a Florida beach, just realizing there's nothing here for him. 
And then he does the whole, like, Jimmy Neutron animation sequence of the think, think, and he puts it together, Sheen style somehow, and finds the true villain. I think it'd be really interesting if, and I'm skipping to the end, (laughs) if it's Carl. Somehow it's Carl. (laughs) Carl is also a genius, but he pretends he's been hiding it. Like, (laughs) hiding that he's a genius for just such an occasion as this. What's what's his motivation? That's the thing. I don't know. I think uh I I remember that in the movie Carl once he like is upset about his parents leaving. He makes this big deal about how his mom would like rub his tummy and sing him songs and stuff like that. Maybe as he cuz we can kind of like play with the time a little bit here. Maybe as he started getting older, he realized his parents were infantilizing him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want that. He wanted to grow as his own person. So he gets them abducted by aliens. That could work. Yeah. I think he's the person who gets the blame and he like admits to it and everything that he did it. But it'd also be interesting if it was Goddard too, right? Like maybe <laughs> Goddard is a robotic dog who can is seemingly capable of everything, like a, a multitude of things. You know, I think a, for a good reveal, it could be Mrs. Fowl somehow. Because, like, everybody's forgotten about her because she's small. It's some kind of revenge against Jimmy for shrinking her. Yeah. Because then they could have that reveal of, like, surprise, it was tiny Mrs. Fowl. And it makes it easy for her to, like, hide and stuff. We we have a setup for a very good mystery because it's like, oh, everyone has a motive. (laughs) You know? Like, (laughs) it's like, and, and I think that comes to a point after he interviews everybody. It's like, man, everyone could have done it for any sort of reason. Cindy, because she's jealous of Jimmy's, like, like she's just jealous of Jimmy uh Nick because he wanted to get rid of the parents um Carl because he was being infantilized everyone's but... a little bit guilty maybe in some ways they realize all of them wanted their parents gone for different mm-hmm. reasons yeah it could be a conspiracy as well they all wished it because like i almost think it has to be unless it unless it's like Cindy or Goddard or something like that because Nick isn't smart enough to do it like, Cindy's the only one smart enough to do it, or Goddard. Carl would have to be a secret genius. or So I think it almost needs to be, like, a group conspiracy effort to get rid of their parents. What if it was something where, like, um, it was set up that Jimmy had the thing made, but he didn't launch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone went in and launched it. Um, that I, that makes sense to me. Or that, that, gives, that makes it so it could be anybody. They yeah. don't have to... No matter of their reasoning, I'm I'm I'm, bo- I'm on board with that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Janine, it's this is your pitch. So before we get too deep, who did it? Like d- decide for your for this movie, who is the culprit, and then we can kind of reverse engineer interviews and clues and whatnot. I'm really into it being revealed as it being multiple people, like okay. you mentioned, like a conspiracy. I really okay. like that idea. I, I'm really feeling that because I feel like. That, again, still works with the red herring as maybe Sheen starts realizing, oh, well, Cindy did it. No, wait, Carl did it. And then it becomes apparent they all did it. Yeah. Like, oh, it couldn't have been Cindy because it was launched at this time and she was empirically at this place or whatever. Like, Yeah. So we're doing a clue. We're doing the true end clue. I think this is good. What if it was Sheen or what if it? Okay. Sheen didn't do it. He's the only one. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he's investigating. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's. It's Cindy, Nick, Carl. Nick. What's the other girl? What's what's the other girl's name? Libby. 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 So it's basically all the main her. characters. 
All Except the main for Sheen and Jay. And they basically rally and they forced Jimmy to do it. And now he's taking the fall. He's like, make this machine, make aliens come and take our parents away. See, for me, I like the idea that they stole his toaster satellite and they launched it. Like, Jimmy didn't actually do anything. I like that idea better because it makes Jimmy think that he did do it a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. like he made the machine. He had this machine made already. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't know it was going to contact the aliens necessarily, or he was trying to contact the aliens, but didn't know. Are we not? It's well, it, alternate timeline, but not Jimmy from old universe. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But okay, I, yeah, I don't, so. I don't mind that though. I think maybe this Jimmy, after this all happened, he did try to go out and failed. Yeah, I know. It, it's a, I, I misunderstood. I'm, I, I think it still tracks the other way. I think you could also. I mean, if Jimmy Neutron is in jail, or perhaps like he's released, like for before trial, like you know, to get his affairs in order, maybe he could also be trying to build some sort of like reality jumping mechanism. To try and find out like what went wrong or like you know what he could have done in a different u- reality. That's oh my god! Plot. Oh my god! And he jumps back into the original movie and does it differently. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of narrative threads we could pull together. Yeah. So this mystery. A- anything can happen on the equalizers. Yeah. It's- <laughs> our forte is settling in on like a good and interesting plot and then suddenly going, okay, but what if also, and then we follow that thread away from like the really good, good prep work we did into something about reality (laughs) jumping. Yeah. I think that this could be pretty good. I think that there is, if not a movie, then an elaborate fan fiction that we could write here. Yeah. Uh, So it's a, so the, the, Villains of the piece are a conspiracy of Nick, Carl, Cindy, Libby, and that's that's it, right? Or is Nick. Mrs. Fowl in on it too? I think Mrs. Fowl could be in on it. I think everyone's yeah. in on it. Sure. I think that's something that could be interesting is how it's revealed that this conspiracy happened. Mm-hmm. And if you remember in the original movie, Libby is like obsessed with her cell phone and texting and stuff like that. She's kind of more on the girly side of things. Maybe she was like snapchatting throughout the original conspiracy meetings and stuff like that or like live blogging their destruction of jimmy neutron's life and i think that would just be great if like jimmy like or i guess uh sean is the main guy sean or sheen sorry sheen uh comes across this digital diary of libby's where she admits to what's going on or maybe doesn't fully admit but says we had another meeting today we're all like looking forward to trying out this new idea, blah, blah, blah. So I think as Sheen is reeling, um, not trying to like, like, he gets to the point where it's like, it could be anybody. I, I, I don't know. Like, I still don't think Jimmy did it. Like Libby, who like in the show, they kind of have a thing mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. that's established. Maybe she turns over the phone and rats everybody out. Like, oh, she's like, his like the uh, back alley informant. Oh, yeah, shadowy. She, she yeah. feels very guilty about. It. She's the only I one. Like that. She's the only one that feels guilty about it. So she like turns in the phone where she like kept all the notes and like on like the video recordings or the audio recordings or something. It's like yeah. this is the key that you're missing. 
I mean, that works with the edgy teen reboot. I mean, it could be like, you know, they're basking in the afterglow and she like turns to him in bed and like says, I have something to confess to you and hands him the cell phone. So to reiterate, this is years later where they are. Yeah, <laughs> this is when they are adults. Okay, um, I, and I, I figured, they're... but I wanted to reiterate for the listener in case that they had we, lost that that thread of it. We established sexy twenty year olds. Okay, I, all yes, of them. Sexy I, I just, I thought even it, Mrs. Fow, she de-aged. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> she and Nick have a thing. Nick, Nick, come to bed, Nick. <laughs> The safe word oh is God. defenestration, Nick. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, now the now the movie's tr- thrown out. I don't want this movie anymore. Listen, if you nope. try to bring Young Sheldon crossover in here, I will. I'll make. A, I'll do that again. I'll. I'll ruin Young Sheldon. Oh my God. Mike, no, Young Sheldon ruiner. Um. Okay, so I think we got it. So I think we at least, we almost have it at least. So what happens when Shane, Sheen, sorry, uh, reveals this to, like, he has his information. He confronts them. How does he bust them? I I think you have to wonder if this new kid-run world cares about whether Jimmy actually did it. Yeah, I think that the idea of this not not having a happy ending also Mm -hmm. tracks... Of like maybe he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they frame Sheen for something. They kill Libby and frame Sheen. Oh my god. You wanted edgy. I did want edgy. This is very edgy. <laughs> I think maybe um he at least tells Jimmy and Jimmy is like like he know like he knows what actually happened and then Jimmy's like, Well, at least I can like die knowing <laughs> that I didn't do this to our world that i'm not the monster everyone thought i was here's a question to throw in another layer in and a very edgy like kind of soap opera angle is of course obviously jimmy's not still in jail like he would have escaped he's smarter than all these children he's not gonna get like locked up in kid jail forever he's gonna bust out so maybe he's hiding out somewhere and sheen knows where he is i think he blames himself though maybe that's fair Mm. Um, or maybe he's hiding out at first, and then halfway through the movie, he gets caught and is tried, and then now Sheen is like, "Oh, I really gotta solve this thing." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there's now there's like a ticking clock on the. Yeah. <laughs> maybe again, we're talking about him battling with that guilt. Uh, maybe that's why years later Sheen decides to find out what the true thing is because Jamie turns him like Sheen, like I can't live without knowing exactly what happened to all of our parents. Like it can't be all my fault, can it? You know. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we have a we have a, a an A plus movie here. Yeah. Alright, so do we do it? Definitely <laughs> it's definitely plus. It's definitely extra. Yeah. <laughs> I I think we did it. I yeah, I I'm okay with the ending kinda sad. Basically, no matter what he says, no matter I think he tries to confront everybody and he tries to announce it, but like it's like nobody cares. Mm. Everyone like we said, no he confronts Cindy and Nick and Mrs. Fowler at Mrs. Fowler and Nick's home, obviously. Of course. Um, <laughs> and they're just like, so what? Yeah. I So I feel like then that Libby can't give him like hard evidence. Otherwise, then they would have to care. 
Yeah. Like, maybe she tells him. or so, I just mean that, like... Well, what He's if... something silly. It's like, oh, all these are just the minutes for our secret cotton candy club. Yeah, or as our adult secret <laughs> cotton candy club. Um, they were like, we were kids. Like, you can't pin anything on us. We were we were kids. Like, Yeah, like, I like the idea that, like, nobody cares. I just mean, I yeah. feel like if Sheen has hard evidence... The justice system would care. But what if, because they're older and they're the ones who made this world, like Cindy is like the mayor or the president <laughs> or something. And Nick's the Nick's, chief of police. Nick's the chief the of mayor police. mayor president. <laughs> um, Carl is head llama. Man. Inspector. Oh. Inspector. Um, poker. <laughs> God. He's the secretary of petting farms. Yeah. Yeah. If they're running the town, then that would make sense. He's the Secretary of Agriculture, but mainly llamas. <laughs> That's the full title. Yeah. Secretary of Agriculture, <laughs> but mainly llamas. <laughs> but yeah, and they're like, he presents this to all of them, and they're like, yep, so what? We run everything here, and Jimmy's going to die. Somebody's got to take the fall. Somebody's, Somebody's got to take it. Mm-hmm. Boy. All right. There, yeah. there it is. <laughs> And it ends with Sheen leaving Retroville with his bags on a bus with Libby crying at the bus stop. And the Ultra Lord mask still yeah. on his head. Oh, no, he throws it away. <laughs> oh, Because that's good. the whole time Ultra Lord is going to get the truth and justice, but there is no truth and justice to be had in Retroville. So he Ooh. throws the mask away at the bus stop. He leaves it on the bus stop bench. Yeah. Wow. That's good. This yeah. is poetry. Cinematic poetry. All right. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Wait, wait. How are they going to kill Jimmy? <laughs> I think it has to be a sugar-related death, right? Sugar? It definitely has to because they they like go in in the original movie. Like sugar is like alcohol to these people because like they get hangovers from like their sugar parties and whatever. So I feel like sugar could also be a means of execution. Okay. Like, I don't know, he drowns in a, in a cotton candy pool. I love that we're doing this edgy reboot, except <laughs> literally every aspect of it is still to do with children, even though they're all 20-something now. <laughs> the the whole world was created by children, yeah. like, so the society is still child-based. I mean, they could put him on some kind of ride at Retroland that's also, like, now <laughs> been modified for execution. I yeah. like that. That's good. I was thinking, like, the one that's the octopus that goes around really fast. Maybe they put him on that one. I was thinking the similar one, except the one where their heads are like it, the thing that is like latched onto <laughs> and it spins around really fast or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. They do that. They get it spinning real fast and then they just stop it and it like breaks his neck. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry I asked. Okay. Let's the end of. No, actually, hold on. Let's for, dig, let's dig for, a little bit more the, in Madison. For the equalizers. I gave you for plenty the equalizers. Of That's not your line. I gave you plenty of chances to end this, and you kept going, so let's keep going. Well, I was thinking of, like, some sort of, like, if we want some sort of retribution or something, like Jimmy getting away somehow, like him gaming it or something, but that's why I asked, so. You mean, like, a after credit scene where Jimmy Neutron, like, he uses, oh, he uses his alternate portal gun, and he put, like, a truly evil Jimmy Neutron in his execution seat, so... He actually walks away fine, maybe? What if it's a robot? <laughs> what if? Like it's a Goddard. Ro- 
It's Connor. It's a robot clone, and it, like, passes out, and then, like, they investigate, and one of his eyeballs fall out, and you can see that it's a robot inside. My dumb idea is that he does escape to an alternate dimension, but it messes up, and he de-ages and gets messed up, and he's Bulby from the TV show. Okay. (laughs) I'm good with that. I like the idea of robot or, like, somehow Goddard is was in the cell the whole time projecting a hologram. <laughs> yeah. I do like the idea of like after credits revealed he never truly died. That would be good. Yeah. Or it's just like, oh, this isn't Jimmy, then where is Jimmy? How long is yeah. he how long has this thing been here? And how then it shows him Jimmy? on the bus sitting next to Sheen. Oh, oh, we could do like that, um the is it Batman where like he's at the cafe? Oh god. Sheen goes to a cafe in Paris. Sheen goes to a cafe in Paris, and he he's talking with Libby, and he looks over, and there there he is, that son of a bitch, Jimmy Neutron. I like the idea of he looks up though, and instead of like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, it's just Goddard sitting in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. End movie. I think we did it. End movie. There we go. Okay. Click. Well, I think that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and now Spotify. New Ooh. recently. I think we're pretty much all the places now. Yeah, legitimately all the places that podcasts are found. And Janine, oh, where can they find your work? You can find Guess What You're Gonna Hate at www.hatepodcast.com. I guess the WWWs don't matter, but there you go. Also, Facebook, I guess we are going to hate on Twitter at Hate Podcast. And we have a Instagram and Tumblr also at Hate Podcast. And also, we're on iTunes, like every other podcast. And not on Spotify yet, but maybe one day. Definitely be sure to go check out Guess What You're Going to Hate. Not just our episode. There's plenty of good episodes on there. That one is a very good episode, though. Janine, while we're talking about your podcast. Yes. I want you to come back on this show oh, Jesus. when we do our sky high episode. So you can, <laughs> you mentioned in, in your podcast episode that you have a fan fiction oh, called war in peace and love that I oh, am geez. dying to hear. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> you're definitely coming back for uh, that one. Hopefully maybe your, your co-host Kate could also join you. You guys are harshing the vibe of me and Joe Ch- and Joe cool over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter at the equalizers, Gmail equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And, God knows what the teaser for this one's going to look like, but if you figured it out, I salute you. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Rotten Tomatoes under King Dwarf 69 I think that the Instagram or like media that you put to promote this movie, or this, or this episode, should literally just be Goddard photoshopped over the Catwoman <laughs> scene in the cafe. I probably I so will. Too. I don't know. We'll see if I can. <laughs> Special thanks on our opening and closing music, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. We'd love if you'd rate and subscribe. That would be cool. That's all we'll say about it. Leave a review. Go somewhere. Leave a review anywhere, even if it's not on our podcast. Yeah, even if you... Shout it into the wind. Even if you just go outside and write it on the sidewalk and permanent marker. Yeah. (laughs) 
on the sidewalk with permanent markers. Yeah, our, yes. our fans are rebels. I told them <laughs> at one point. I told them to write our podcast name on a baseball and throw it through their neighbors' windows. So we're already kind of <laughs> we're already skirting the edge of what the, what the society will allow, what the man thinks. So. For the equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Janine Winfrey. I'm Mike Knoll. Nick, come to bed. <laughs> come to bed, Nick. <laughs> Join me, Nick. <laughs> Let's make sweet love, Nick. Like we used to. To be continued. <laughs>